Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy, brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. Today, we'll take a contrarian view and present a bearish case for the base metals market and the larger economy. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me will be our chief analyst, Robin Barr. So Robin, let's take a trip down the contrarian path. Over to you. Thanks, Christian. So uh, the topic for this week's podcast is what could go wrong with the bullish consensus? There's a lot of bullish uh, sentiment out there. I think even in the base case scenario, the consensus is long-term bullish towards the base metals on account of expecting greener infrastructure spending. At the same time, we have declining investment on the supply side. So yes, demand will be there. Bigger question mark, will the supply be there as well? And the correction that we've had in the last few weeks, this could be quite a constructive development after such long rallies. Remember, we hit lows in March of last year, and it's been pretty much one way upwards for uh, for the metals, for energy, for softs, and so on. However, risks to this outlook include further waves of COVID-19 infections. This would likely dampen industrial demand and depress metal prices, as we saw last year, together with a higher US dollar. In addition, unforeseen supply-side developments could also alter the outlook. Right. And I'd say this is really fantastic because considering how seemingly universal this bull case is for 2021. It's definitely worth engaging in an exercise of contrarianism. So clearly, the heart of the bull case for the global economy is the rollout of the COVID vaccines. That's right. Um, and I think, you know, just going back to questioning the, the consensus, you know, how many times is the consensus right? I, I don't know. Is it 50-50? But we've got a question whether the consensus is right. And I think one of those factors has to be vaccines. And we've seen renewed waves and new variants of the virus do pose concerns for the outlook. Sticking with COVID for a moment, there does seem to be growing concern about new strains of COVID-19. Indeed, and growth could turn out weaker if the virus surge, including those from new variants, does prove difficult to contain. Infections and deaths mount rapidly, before vaccines are more widely available. So that's the uh, the risk. And as we've certainly seen happen in the US and other countries lately, vaccine rollout could suffer delays. The vaccines themselves could deliver shorter-lived immunity than anticipated, and advances on therapies could be limited. In addition to all of that, widespread hesitancy could hamper vaccine take-up. So strong multilateral cooperation will likely be required to bring the pandemic under control everywhere. And there are no guarantees of that happening, I'm afraid. (laughs) So with any of that potentiality in play, renewed economic growth is certainly not guaranteed. Yeah, that's right. I mean, growth will hinge on the persistence of the health crisis. Global activity as a result could remain well below the pre-COVID levels and a more prolonged global recession cannot be ruled out. Moreover, Certain industries, such as transportation, think about the automotive sector, think about aerospace, nobody's flying, are unlikely to regain 2019 levels for years to come. It does remain the worst peacetime global contraction since the Great Depression. 
if we think about some of the geopolitical risks, these could come into play and delay global recovery and impact worldwide trade. There has been the onslaught of protectionist trade policies by another number of countries, increased mistrust between China, the US and Europe, all bearing the risk of unsettling a global economic recovery, while a politically divided US could also derail sentiment. So a number of banana skins to navigate. (laughs) Now, let me pose a question we always have to ask in these conversations. What about China? What about China? Well, signs are emerging of slowing credit growth in China. Why is this important? Some economists note that the economy had reached a turning point in the credit cycle in the last few months and loan quotas were being tightened. Chinese demand should remain supported as long as the credit expansion lasts and Chinese GDP particularly grows on the back of debt uh, and the use of credit. And that's always been the case for the Chinese economy. So that's why it's important. That said, we do expect Chinese metals demand to remain strong until China's credit cycle peaks, which could happen sooner than expected. Interesting. We've discussed the topic of inflation quite a bit here at the forward curve. So what if for once inflation rises more quickly than expected over the next year or so? Even with the anticipated recovery in 2021-22, output gaps are not expected to close until after 2022, meaning that there is capacity out there. So if demand were to rise very quickly, you've got capacity, manufacturing capacity. Even more important, you've got the supply there to meet that surge in demand. Consistent with persistent negative output gaps, inflation is expected to remain subdued during 21-22 and below the targets set by the central banks. Risks to the downside are mainly, therefore, related to monetary policy becoming hawkish and an unexpected tightening by the Fed. So, in other words, the Fed, other central banks fearing inflation would raise interest rates to contain that inflationary threat. I see. So what do you see as the worst case scenario for the metals markets in particular, Robin? Okay, um, let's think about a worst case scenario. So we have much slower than expected global economic growth, similar to, uh, to last year, as well as delaying greener infrastructure spending. We would see demand disruption, as we saw in 2020. This would delay both the timing and the magnitude of emerging deficits in various industrial commodities. And we need deficits to support currently elevated prices for copper, for nickel, and so on. Thus, maintaining metal supply demand balances in surplus for longer, and metal prices staying lower for longer to reflect this fact. And in so doing, perhaps bursting the current commodity sector bullish sentiment bubble. So there you have it. Engaging in the exercise of building a contrarian view for a given past or future event is a time-honored practice that many of the best and brightest of us do. Just as a litigator is more effective when they thoroughly understand all sides of an argument, investors and business leaders are better served when they thoroughly understand not just why something may work or happen, but also why not. Although we at the forward curve are indeed bullish for the economy and the commodity sector in particular, we will be keeping a close eye on all that could change that view. 
Thank you, Robin, for joining me today. And I also thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on The Forward Curve.